0: Poet waffle. Just say poet. Say poet, <laughs> poet waffle. Poet waffle. This is poet. Poet waffle. Poet waffle. No, poet, poet waffle. Poet, poet waffle. Poet, poet waffle. Poet poet We're just gonna poet waffle. Have a poet waffle. Hello there. Welcome to Poet Waffle episode 21 with me, Daniel Cockrell, where I invite a poet into my shed for an intimate chat, and during that chat we explore the visceral space between fact and fiction, which I believe is more of a feeling where poets use their emotions to navigate the world and hopefully reveal certain truths that are neglected by those other fields. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome into my shed poet, writer, storyteller, broadcaster, probably the third John we've had in the shed. We've had John Hegley, we've had Johnny Fluffy Punk, and now one of my favourite writers. We've got John Osborne. Hello, Yay. John. Hello. I finally made it. That was not on the but- that was my twenty first try of getting the <laughs>
1: show right. Um we were going to try and organise a night once um in Edinburgh called John's versus Tim's <laughs> because we realised that all most poets were called John or Tim. And it was gonna be like a poetry slam thing with me, John Cooper Clark, yeah. John Hegley, yeah. and Johnny Fluffy Punk against Tim Clare, Tim Key, Tim Turnbull, and Tim Wells.
0: Tim, the <laughs> Tims are really hard, though. Yeah. So you've got the loveliness because I, I, I don't think uh, John Cooper Clark would be up to much for the fight. No. <laughs> Whereas I'm not sure I'd want to take on Tim Turnbull or or Tim Wells in a in a dust up. No, I
1: would. I would not. I <laughs> confirm that.
0: So what's been going on? Have you uh, been having a lovely time over lockdown, or has it all been sad and?
1: It's been everything, hasn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. been, um, yeah. It's been sad. I, I work as a as a support worker, yeah. Um, so my job didn't really um, change. So I sort of had this double life of going. Well, I'm in lockdown, but I'm still going out to work every day. Yeah, yeah. And then, but I've got nothing, nowhere to go. It was the not not being able to go to the pub. I know. That's what was strange. so nice.
0: Going to the pub, yeah. I really, So we've just had we had a our closest pub that's always been so like not very nice, really rotten. Uh, over lockdown, it got taken over, and they turned it into a really nice pub where everyone can go now. And I and it's I'm really happy. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a local pub that I can go. Oh, actually, I've got a pub that's two minutes away now. Whereas before, I probably I had to walk past that pub because I felt you know I was going to get beaten up in there to go to. Yeah. More swanky pub in Walthamstow, which what even that wasn't perfect because yeah. it was a bit too like oh, a bit too like middle class mums. Yeah, and now I've got a really middle ground one where it's you've got it's a bit rough, but it's also a bit nice as well. Yeah, so I like that.
1: But what I like is that um, I feel like I'm slightly like in a buzzy, happy place after the now that we're. Sort of opened up again is that when I go to the pub, like I had a couple of friends come out to my house. We went on a pub call in Norwich, and it just felt <laughs> magical. I know it does, felt yeah. so beautiful. Because
0: you're 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 like my poet bus at the moment. Because I went, we went to uh, Rob Orton's book launch, and you were there. I was, I like, was oh, there, yeah. and then a week later, here you are in my shed Yeah, again, I've not seen you for like four years. I not for years. i like, ah, oh, this is great. Um, yeah. I mean, that's it. Just going to the pub has suddenly become—you realise why how great it is and why yeah. why you really need it.
1: And coming to London as well because I live in Norwich, and yeah. so for probably almost two years, I just didn't come into London once. Yeah. So I didn't go on the underground. I've still not been on the underground for like yeah two and a half years, and it's great. Did it's you really... go on the
0: underground today? I went yesterday. on
1: the. Uh, I didn't go on it yesterday. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm on the over. So I've almost been on the. It's almost back to normal. Uh, yeah. of
0: like people just squashing in, and it's just like it's almost like it didn't happen. But you know, so what? Something I always ask poets when they come in the shed is like how they got into writing or doing stuff, or how they knew. Because you're the way you do stuff on stage, and the way you write seems so natural, and it doesn't. It seems like you don't break out of your stride. It seems like it's part of your, you know, your makeup. When you know, it, it's almost like if I'm sitting down having a chat with you now, it's almost you could do a show with that same voice and that same. Um, did you always know that was going to happen, or did you fall into it, or did you have to meet certain people to go? Oh, that's what I want to do. No,
1: I never ever. The thought of performing on stage never occurred to me. Never even for the tiniest. Moment, thought it was. I I thought it was something that I would do one day. I never aspired to that at all. I loved comedy, like yeah. I love like when I was a teenager. It was when people like Eddie Izzard and yeah, that's uh, and um, Steve Coogan and yeah. and and people were huge. And uh, Sean Hughes was like one of my absolute yeah. favorite comedians. Yeah, but anything like poetry or anything like that didn't occur. didn't, didn't register with me at all. I always wrote things. Um, I used to love writing stories. Yeah. Didn't get to do it very often, but I would always have a notebook. I'd always like carry a notebook around with me. It was always writing.
0: What age? What age was that around?
1: Like yes. from really young, from yeah. like eight probably. Yeah. Um. And then when I was a teenager, I, I just, when I was at sixth form, I started to write. Still, like I think there were song lyrics. Really, like I yeah, loved, yeah. I love Blur and Pulp, of course, and yeah, Super Furry Animals, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to just try and write things that. Uh, were you in Norwich at that time? No, I was. Um, I grew up in Lincolnshire, but, so yeah. a little town in Lincolnshire, yeah. And, um, and when I came to Norwich for university, I joined the Creative Writing Society, and that's that changed everything really because that's yeah. where I met a lot of people who just took writing really seriously yeah, and it's yeah. like it wasn't just like walking around with a notebook writing occasional things yeah, yeah. there was a guy there who had a story a short story he'd written and I just couldn't believe it I was like how like that guy wrote that story it was like yeah. a proper story yeah yeah um and I said to, went to the pub afterwards, and I said to him, that's amazing that you wrote that story. And he's like, he's asking if I'd ever written short stories. I was like, well, no, not really. He said, you should write a short story and read out next week. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a really... And that was Tim, <laughs> that was Tim Clare. Oh, OK, it was, that was Tim. Ah, oh, wow, yeah. Now, yeah. so that's like 20 years ago. Because I was going to
0: say, well, who, who is in that group that you're, that you're still in contact with? But it's Tim Clare, because we were just chatting about being like... You know, this, Genius, really. Of yeah. When we used to have him at Bang, and he'd come in one week, he'd have his ukulele and do you know these amazing songs that I just fell in love with. And then the next time he came, he'd be doing some raps yeah. about that powerful women. I was just like, oh, I, you know, I really, um, yeah, I really loved it. It was a real, uh, you know, one of the best. I remember seeing the rap room thing, and there wasn't many people in the audience that week for some reason, and I just thought, oh, this is going to be, you know, not as exciting as usual. And then he did his rap. Yeah. And uh I just thought, that's one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah. And, uh, it was just fantastic. So, um, yeah, Tinker, anyone else that was there that was...
1: Uh... uh Yeah, lots and lots of people who who are now professional oh, wow. writers. So, Joe Dunthorn was there. He was in The Year Below. But it was like a uh,
0: whole... Um, the whole All these people, I didn't realise you were all in the same... So there's something in the water there, probably. Yeah,
1: there was. There, yeah, there really were. Well, creative writing was a huge thing at the time. It was kind of the... Uh, it was 2000. Mm. Andrew Motron was head of creative writing there. Yeah. And it felt like, in the same way that business studies was the big thing of the 90s, it felt like every glossy s- newspaper supplement was, the, it was an article... About why you should study creative writing yeah. and things, and, and Norwich would always be at the centre of so you, it. So
0: you must have known you would, you wanted to do something in creative writing then before when you went, or you just you just gave it a, you put had a punt at it. Yeah, what?
1: I think I had, I think I really, I really wanted to know more about writing. I want, I, uh, yeah, I think by this age I wrote poems and and things like that, but I, sort of aimlessly. I really wish I knew what my ambition was at the time. I think it was just to meet other people who were writers. I guess I wanted to be a novelist. Right, so yeah, I, I think yeah. deep down that's still what I want to be one day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I wrote this short story and read it out the next week and then Tim Clare said to me, you should write, do the same, do another one next week. Yeah, yeah. And then... I was sort of only doing it because he was telling me to do it. He's like, you've got to write a story, read it out next week. And then it was really nice. There was only about 20 of us in the group and you'd sort of go round in a circle and everyone would say what they thought about the poem or story. Um, And then I said to him one day, I've always had this this idea of a novel I really want to write. And he was like, well, write it then. (laughs) Write it and send it to me. (laughs) And I was like, "Okay." So I kind of... Such so to write out by hand this entire. Oh right. Yeah. So in this it, that first year of university, my main memory of it is just spending all my time in my, in my student accommodation, writing stories... Because as soon as you've written like ten short stories, yeah. you've sort of got quite a volume of work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, I, I kind of accidentally had done written a novel and written short stories, and wrote poems as well a little bit and then this is much later now this is 2006 uh, um my friends joe and hannah yeah said to me um none of us have ever done a poetry gig like we knew lots of people who did poetry gigs it's like and hannah said as the three of us have never done a poetry gig we're going to hire a room in a cafe and we're going to do a show uh us three will do 10 minutes each and we'll get a couple of headliners. And this is
0: Hannah Walker and Joe Hannah Walker Dunthorn. and
1: Joe Dunthorne. Yeah. And they said, we'll invite our, invite our friends. There's a fiver to come in. Um, that'll cover the room and it was just
0: like, it. You call it? What did you call it?
1: Um, I don't think it even had a name. Okay, yeah. No, it was just a one-off thing. Um, and I did three poems. Yeah. And one of the people who arrived at that gig, um, like a minute before I started, he was kind of late and drunk, um, and loud, was someone I knew from university, but not only to say hello to, which was Luke Wright, yeah. who was about... Power- I
0: only just the way you described him. I, I <laughs> knew you were say
1: that, who it was. And um, <laughs> he came up to me afterwards. I really looked up to Luke whenever I did, whenever I was, like, I'd seen him perform a lot. I thought he was really an amazing performer. And he used to come to the Creative Writing Society. He was so confident. He had so much enthusiasm, yeah, 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 yeah. and it really exuded something special. And afterwards, he said to me um, that I've been doing poetry for like seven years or however long, and that's the best set I've ever seen. I'm booking a fest. I'm booking the poetry at this new festival that's starting the next <laughs> month called Latitudes. Do you want a slot? And. So my second gig, my first gig was this cafe, and my second gig was Latitude. And, yeah, I've done, like, Latitude 13 times since then. And so, like, I find it really strange that if Hannah and Joe hadn't booked that poetry night, I would have never... Most of my... So many of my happy memories are from doing Latitude every year, and then through Latitude you meet so many other Where did you
0: get a sense of how you wanted... To be on stage, or did you just did not think about it just <clears throat> naturally yeah I, i'm really
1: up there i'm really lucky in that i don't have many skills so i't have any, <laughs> i don't have any performance skills, <laughs> so i can't do anything like i can't like can't think or oh, for this one i 'll maybe like do some actions like yeah. I, I can just stand by a microphone i can't even take the microphone off the stand yeah because yeah. that feels too much I have to have the microphone. On the stand and, and pretty much stand still and do my story. And I'm lucky that I have a voice that um, people are happy to listen to. Because some people don't. Like, I listen yeah, yeah. to a football podcast and it's a guy who's got a really annoying voice. Yeah, yeah. And he's really interesting, but it's like, I just can't listen to him for no. for very long. So much is um, just pure look. So you just really. fell into it, yeah.
0: Cause you, that's the thing, your voice and what you're saying on the page, because you're a really good writer, it, it fits together so well that you could just sit there for two hours. And, and that's what your shows are made of as, as well, really, isn't it? You, yeah. There's not much movement in there, but you're, I'm going to tell this story. And yeah, it means, are,
1: I, it, it, means I, it means I have to spend a lot of time writing Because that has to be so, like, the writing has to be so good if you're going to tell a story for now. If you don't have, if you don't have kind of tendencies to like ramble and kind of go off in tangents, like, I love watching that kind of thing, but I can't do that. I need to be able to, not many people can,
0: is it? So, you know, John Hegley's the expert, isn't it? But not many people can be able to just go off on a tangent and then bring it back into, you know, um, but. When you said you take you spend a lot of time writing, because um, I get when I hear it, I just get the sense you've just this stuff flows out. But it, oh, do you have to really edit hard to yeah. make it work?
1: So, pretty, so the, for the last few years, I've done a, uh, I've done like five or six hour long theatre shows, and I think all of them, certainly the two most recent ones, I've written the whole thing in one go. Yeah in this kind of... Certainly I wrote a show called Circled in the Radio Times, which is an idea I'd had for a while, and I'd done a gig in Sheffield, and I was staying in a hotel, and I was like, right, I'm going to get a bottle of wine, I'm going to sit in this hotel and write the whole story, and just write for hours and hours. And with, like, music on and just having a nice time writing, and then for the next six months just adding bits and taking bits away um, and playing around with it. But mainly, so it is both of those things. It is, like, just one whole quick story, but also
0: yeah. and then afterwards you never stop
1: playing it. with it, yeah.
0: And I haven't seen that show. Have you t- you've told all that. Why haven't I seen that?
1: Um, I didn't really do it in London. Oh, uh, OK. Um,
0: and I don't leave my neighbours. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I did during lockdown was I recorded all of my theatre shows... Did you? For Bandcamp, so you can listen Are they to they out there. They're out there. You can it, it's a great thing Bandcamp. You can upload stuff, and um, people can pay what they want. So ah, they can okay. have it for free if they want. They can just yeah. listen or to it or download it, money. or they can Throw give you a pound or give, give you a pound, and yeah. and and people do. Like people have given everything from like fifty p. I don't think we well, had to give fifty p. Actually, I think it's a minimum a pound. But and what do they
0: type in to find that John Osborne Bandcamp? And yeah, they, and you would come up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you can
1: listen to Circled in the Radio times. Ah, I'm yeah. going to do that.
0: I'm going to do... <coughs> talk, like, talking about... So one of the first times I'd actually worked with you was on the Poetry Takeaway in, in Edinburgh one year. And, and I think you pinpointed it to 2011. But I remember the first two poems I wrote, and because it was quite rich Americans coming, and mm. there was a tips jar. And within those two poems, I'd been tipped 50 quid. Yeah. And... Uh, I um, thought, oh, this is amazing. And I thought, oh, I'll share this out. So I remember share, we shared the money out to everyone at the end, but then it never happened again. And, no. then, and I was just like, God, that was such a stroke of luck that they'd popped in it, exactly. like 50 pounds <laughs> yes. worth of uh, tips. I think someone gave, you know, uh, 10 pounds, someone else gave 40 pounds. I was like, God, that's incredible. But yeah, they're just paying for you And then I was thinking, oh, maybe I'm really good at this. And then, uh, all dwindled out I was just like oh no it's, it, it was just that they were yeah. drunk which Americans having a really nice time in Scotland All oh, well, felt incredibly
1: like a lot a lot of a lot of the tips was sympathy Just <laughs> going, "Oh poor you sitting in the van um, and a lot of it is because people some people really struggle accepting something for free yeah yeah it's really interesting that's yeah. one of the interesting things about the Poetry Taker was the psychology because we didn't get paid for it um, yeah any tips we had, at first any tips we got had to like the van had been so expensive because it was a proper old yeah, yeah. burger van that was yeah, completely yeah. redesigned. Um and we would sit in it and take it to festivals and places and um it was so expensive all the tips money really just had to go into the to the, the payment of it and the, yeah. f- the finances of it. Um and but and we were like all of us who were involved with it because another thing that Tim Clare started we were all sort of like very sort of like fiercely protective, like we don't want any money, we're doing it because we like doing it. Don't give us your money. And we had to put a tip jar like by the time we did it in Edinburgh, we had to put a tip jar there because people were going But I I have to give you some money for it. Like I I don't want it for free.
0: We had some incredible gifts. People would bring you gifts back. So you'd say, Oh no money and then they so I had someone brought me back a little garden in a in a, in a oh. jar. Oh, wow. Or they'd buy you cakes, wouldn't they? Or tea. Or yeah, ice creams,
1: they'd or, come back come, with a beer, yeah,
0: yeah, and it'd be like, Oh, thank you. And those that was very, yeah, joyful. That was when it was, yeah, in those younger because now it's been taken over by uh Michael Bolger and it's still going, it's still an incredible thing, yeah, it's you know? still going, like, it's still going. You, I bet Tim and yourselves never thought it'd be going 10 years or 20, you know, maybe, yeah. how old is it? Probably even longer than that,
1: yeah, 10, it's probably yeah. about, yeah, probably about 13 years old now, yeah. Um. I met someone yesterday who's a poet called Ella Fries, who's incredible. She's really, really good. Her new collection is really popular at the moment. One of my favourite collections I've read for a long time, and I saw her yesterday, and she said, oh, we've met before, actually. I requested a poem from you at the Poetry Takeaway. Amazing. Poor Elliot in um in 2013, I think. And it's like, oh, wow. She's still got it.
0: And she's it. I wonder, because it. it's probably people who have... Poems from probably quite famous people stuffed in drawers somewhere, not really. Yeah, and it's a one-off. I suppose it's a really good uh, place to um, ask the big question. Yeah. Your big question is, what is boredom?
1: Yeah, I'm really. I've always been really interested in boredom, like. I don't know why, but I find it a really fascinating thing. Because um, I, I think it's because I've always I've I feel like I'm a very boring man, but I'm quite happy with that. Um, do you remember? Is that your cat? That
0: That's is uh, that is my. We have two cats. We've got one called Ziggy, yeah. after Ziggy Stardust, because she's got a, a stripe down her face, yeah. and Lyra. So, but Ly- so Ziggy is very um, just, she's allowed out, but she stays indoors all day. Okay. And Lyra, right, like come, me. Lyra comes out and, you know, uh because ki- I kills lots of things, which okay. is really um mm. <laughs> disturbing. So last night, so Gina was ill last night, so she went up to bed early. And I came up to go to bed and I got to my side of the bed and um I was just like, oh, a dead pigeon under the bed. Oh, man. I was just like, and she goes, what's the matter? I was just like, oh, there's a dead pigeon under anyway, that's another story. As the cat ran past us in in from my shed. So you were talking about boredom and uh <clears throat> this is my fa- one of my favourite questions, by the way. Yeah. In yeah. in the big questions.
1: It's a great question. Uh, do you remember the I don't know if it still exists, but the boring James Milner Twitter account. Um someone set it up because ja- <laughs> because James Milner was Considered a very boring man, yeah. and just like a very like functional the footballer. Yeah. Yes. A Who did he play for at the time?
0: That's the real. Uh, the no, this is when he was at the, when he okay. just started yeah, at yeah. Liverpool. Okay.
1: Um, and he was just a sort of Barney Rone. The Guardian journalist described him as in a in a team of synchronized swimmers. James Milner is doing lengths, <laughs> 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 and someone set up a Twitter account called Boring James Milner, which is like a parody account of like. Boring things James Milner says after the games. And it was really funny. And my friend Paddy texted me and said, are you the person doing the James Milner tweets? Because he saw something boring and immediately associated it with me. Um, the, and that
0: was when Twitter was really nice. Yeah, really on.
1: joyful thing. Yeah, you can just sort of have lots of fun with it. He'd like Every time you went on Twitter, you'd laugh because you'd be, oh, yeah. that's something funny. That's all gone. Yeah, it's all gone. <laughs> um, so I think boredom. I think the reason I'm a writer is uh, because of boredom. Really, I'm not one of those sort of creative, creative people who's like, I've got to get my art into yeah. the world. I've got to create things. I've got that like, I've always just thought I quite there's not there's nothing on TV. I'll just or there's something on TV at nine o'clock. I don't have anything to do for the next two hours. I'll just do a bit of writing, yeah, yeah, and so it was just my way of not being bored, really. And I think there's so many bands who exist and writers who yeah. exist because because they were bored because
0: there's nothing else. There's to nothing do else in to that do. Small yeah. town somewhere. There's like, what, yeah. we, oh, we have to do something. It's sort of
1: How the Beatles started, I would imagine. We've just and the Oasis and everyone have just oh. going. Oh, nothing up, nothing I else quite like
0: I quite like being bored. Yeah. I find I'm really comfortable in my boredom because I'm, I'm happy to sit for hours and not do anything and just let my head go, whereas I think some people find that very frustrating. Some people can't do it. Yeah. I don't like being bored on a holiday camp, for yeah. example, because I find that it's too much distracting. But in my own space, I really like being bored. But I hate being bored... Um, if I've got a job that I dislike, yeah. and I remember like delivering pizzas or whatever, and I, if I'm bored doing that, all I can think of is all the stuff that I wish that I was doing at that time. So that's a really frustrating
1: okay. uh,
0: kind of boredom, I just, and, and I end up hating that. So, but I don't mind um, think, having a list where oh, I'd like to write something today, but actually dragging that out. Yeah. for such a long time and not really you know procrastinating not really getting on with it I like that kind of day yeah
1: yeah I love that yeah I love because um, it doesn't happen often just <clears throat> yeah. you know, going down the YouTube kind of
0: <laughs> listen to loads of different bands yeah
1: like. watch loads of old things you've not seen but I yeah I think boredom's important I remember being in a cafe and there was this mum with a two year old and the two year old was like just looking around and just having a really nice time in the cafe, and the moment instinctively they'd been there for like two minutes, <laughs> and the moment instinctively gave the kid an iPad. Yeah, yeah. And I've got such a kind of ha- hatred of uh, of kids being given iPads unnecessarily. I know sometimes they're really useful because yeah, yeah. it's been a long day, you deserve an iPad. It's like a great <laughs> reward system. <laughs> but this kid was so happy, just like looking yeah, around. Yeah. And then as soon as they had the iPad, they were just staring there at the iPad. Narrow gaze.
0: And and it's funny, oh yeah, go on, can I was just going to
1: say, it's really it's really important for kids to to be bored.
0: Because my boys don't, their days are filled up. I remember definitely coming into the kitchen, my mum's peeling potatoes, and I'd be like, I'm bored. And she'd say, you don't know the meaning of bored, yeah. or whatever it was. I don't think, I don't know if it's because they're not old enough yet, but they don't cut, they've never said once... I'm bored
1: oh, that's because
0: they've got stuff to do after school. They've probably got homework to fill stuff. They've got, you know, as you say, computer screens. They've got YouTube um, and they, you know, there's so much to learn about Minecraft. They have time <laughs> it's whereas we probably had to wait for the TV to come on. At the, you know, if you're going to watch, you know, the Tanyan and the Free Musker Hounds, it's only on at that yeah. Point and if you missed it then you're going to be a bit bored you know on the set if you know, and it seemed like you know dad's probably went to the pubs because mm-hmm. we had to sit outside the pub that was boring yeah you weren't allowed in the pub had to be in the car park or the garden if it had one and then you had to wait until your dad came out and brought you another coke and packet of yeah. crisps and then there was real boredom involved in that wasn't
1: there yeah if i had to say a place of boredom it is in the back of a car that's when you're sort of, Yeah. occasionally you're kind of so bored you're almost crying, aren't you? Yeah. Like, oh, this is,
0: uh, it's never because ending. Because of the petrol crisis. This is probably going to go out a few weeks later than the petrol crisis and hopefully it doesn't yeah. continue. But so I, we, I have to, on a Monday night I have to drive my boys to Raynham, which on that, from where we are now, uh, during that Monday night rush hour, it's probably a 40 to 45 minute drive usually but there was a petrol station that had opened on the A13 and it it took us well over an hour to get to this place and my boys were who thought we were going to be there early suddenly it was all kicking off in the car and I ended up having to take things off I go right lost the playstation for the weekend right you've (laughs) lost that that." it's like Ah, uh, so that's probably when they are bored, but it, it's just yeah. kicking off in the back of the car.
1: But I, I think being bored teaches you patience, and it teaches you to enjoy things more. And I think if you, like I worry for a generation of kids that haven't learned the art of patience.
0: We used to have. Remember with the car, I remember going on long trips. Probably to not we'd go past Norwich to Huntsdown mm. in a car probably take us over three hours in old bangers that we used to have yeah. and when we were kids and that we used to have like checklists books of like h- how many post boxes you see. Oh okay. many, yeah, yeah. I used to that was something to pass the time remember. Yeah. or pub cricket that I'd never p I would never I have not played in years where you'd go past the pub and how many legs were on the on the sign. You scored runs. Well, I've not had that, yeah. Cars. And that, and you. Didn't, no one plays that anymore because there's yeah. too much going on. You've got, you've got your music in the cut. Like you're all connected up, aren't you? Yeah,
1: and I think one of the reasons that so I've got a twin sister, yeah, and one of the reasons that we're really close, I guess, is because we grew up in the 80s with no computer games, no, like we just had to entertain each other, yeah, yeah, and we loved to just create. We just created so many games. Yeah. And like our own little worlds, and um, I guess if we both had iPads or we both had like stuff to listen to, yeah, we'd have just got on with that.
0: I know, yeah, because you had to wait for to buy records from the record store or whatever, but now it's just all on. I want that song downloaded. Yeah. I'll listen listening to it in the car now. Yeah, and that's kind of a that's a crazy. Thing we now for all those listeners who can hear the pizza patter, that's the pizza patter of rain on my shed. It's a
1: great noise.
0: Um some people like it. I've heard that someone said to me they're my favourite ones. Um but yeah, you get to choose. You get to choose whether you like the pizza patter of rain. It isn't um crackling.
1: But also also I brought my coat with me (laughs) from Norwich and it felt like a stupid thing to have done, but now my second day in London now it feels like I've justified a bringing a coat
0: it's a proper rain a proper
1: rain yeah I bought it for Edinburgh I bought it for the Edinburgh Festival last year that never happened uh, but like in January one of the first things I did was I could get a cured raincoat for Edinburgh
0: so from here are you going straight home on the train from here or are you going to hang around in London I'm time? hanging
1: around until early evening
0: and what, and what, what, what do you do in London what's your favorite, some of your favourite things or do you just go and be bored and write somewhere in a nice place that you enjoy.
1: Uh, I ri- I used to spend hours in pubs in London if I was yeah. kind of meeting someone in like in the days when I had meetings and things like that in London. Yeah. Um, you just have like hours in pubs. I guess that's one thing I've always felt lucky about is that I'm really happy just going to the pub and either writing for a couple of hours or like reading. Like, I used to buy the newspaper like that again feels like. To feel like a very old man, yeah, yeah, but um, but some of that time is like so valuable. But yeah, yeah, I love um having an idea and 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 write, writing writing around it and getting ideas for it. And yeah, that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. Is kind of having that energy. I feel like for the first time in in my life, really, I've I've kind of. Stopped having ideas for things, or start to feel really tired when I'm kind of working on things. Oh, really? I know. Tr- tr- trying to give myself a bit of energy. What are you working enthusiasm. on at the moment? Um, I have just started.
0: You give away the secrets.
1: Yeah, uh, so I've got a new book oh. that I've just.
0: Can I say it? It's a a supermarket love story. A
1: supermarket love story, which is
0: really, it's really beautifully put together. Um, and who is it published by?
1: It's published by Go Faster Strike, Go faster strike yeah. which is a guy in Cardiff who called Chris Evans. Who, not, um, the, the not, Chris nerd, not the, the Chris, Chris, Chris Evans. Not the Chris the, Evans. The original Chris Evans. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he, um, he just loves comedy. And he loved he, he, he puts out stuff by people like Stuart Lee and Richard Herring and Arthur Smith, yeah. and Simon yeah. Munnery. I looked on his website and he'd only ever done one book, but that book was by John Hegley. Ah. So I emailed him and said, um, "This is for the previous book, about four years ago." And I said, "I've got some poems. I really want to do a new book. Would you? If you, can I send them to you? and If you like them, will you publish them or think about publishing them?" And he did. He just published them, and so he did it. He did this book as well. Right. I like it because it's about super. It, it's like a silly idea, that I just. Kept going with a supermarket love story. The idea is that every aisle of a supermarket has a different poem written ah. about it. So you've got oh, paramedics yes. in the crisp aisle, and, <laughs> and you've got the meat counter and the checkout.
0: And he's got so he. At the front here, it's come for poetry, stay for comedy. Yeah, Is that his little tagline. Or did he make that? <laughs> he up for made
1: you? that up for this for this book. And did
0: you know the illustrator? Or did he? Uh, uh, introduce yeah, you to her. That's Katie, Katie Pope.
1: Katie. So, she. Brilliant, So good. She's an artist. She lives in Glasgow. She came to a show I did in Edinburgh in 2011. Right, and you've worked with. And, since. and she messaged me saying, "Hey, if you ever need anyone to do any drawings or artwork." For any of your writing, I'd love to be involved and I've really made her regret making that <laughs> offer because she's now done all of the posters for every theatre show oh, I've course, ever met. Yeah, no, they,
0: Yeah, I recognise the star. Yeah, it's
1: but, yeah. beautiful. Like, it's a, I, I think it's like a very colourful LS Lowry. Yeah. Like, I love Lowry. Lowry's my favourite painter and, 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 and Katie's got that real sort of everydayness... Yeah, yeah, it's really great. I'm a massive
0: Lowry fan. Just, I like, uh, I like the fact that he, uh, he, you know, he wasn't taken in by the, the London art world and just like, oh, I'm just going to do my own thing. Yeah, the, the common people were like, oh, they're brilliant, aren't they? and the <laughs> and but the, 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 the skill that involved in doing it, and then the the London art world were a bit snobby about yeah. it. Yeah, so he just got on with it and. Uh, painted at the weekend and then I think he collected taxes or something yeah he did that's right the week. yeah yeah brilliant so good so um well thanks for coming John I think um, unless what else are you working on before um before I sh- f- throw you out my shed into the
1: rain <laughs> <laughs> um it was so sunny it's such a shame um well it's not that much of a shame we'll cope
0: well it's good for my garden
1: good for your garden that's oh, good yeah, yeah. um yeah, I'm working on... Yeah, I'm trying to write a new, a new book. I've got an idea for a new book, and so yeah. I'm trying to work on that a little bit. Um, I've just finished a theatre show... A theater trying to speak more correctly. A theatre show... Yeah, yeah. ...that um, I did in Edinburgh that I'm hoping to do a few more times as well called My Car Plays Tapes, ah. which is about... Um,
0: I th- no, so how? Where have I? Why would I have heard that story? I've that was
1: on Ross's podcast. If you you might have heard it on Ross that's Sutherland's where podcast. I've, that's
0: probably where I've heard it then. Yeah. And it and it's so you've done a show around that. Brilliant, by the way. Really nice.
1: Yeah, I loved writing that. I yeah. love I lo- I love that Ross put it on his podcast because he's made it sound. He's one of those clever people that can do editing, yeah. music together. Yeah, and 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 stuff. puts little things underneath. God, and sets so the mood.
0: None of that on this podcast, like <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thanks for coming um Find everything you're doing on your website maybe yeah and um, that's it you've been listening to uh, john osborne thanks john uh, i 'm Dan Cocklewin. This has been Poet Waffle. Thank you very much. Thank you. Poet Waffle was written and presented by Daniel Cockrell, original concept by Jack White, music and audio production by Julian Ward, artwork by Damien Wayhill, and technical support from Laurie Eaves. <laughs>